0: The
1: The Empathy Museum presents A Mile In My Shoes. These are a large chocolate-brown sort of trainer shoe, very well-worn. They're made by Caterpillar and they're size 12 with a synthetic grey inside. These shoes belong to Kuzan Irani. This is his story.
0: I've got about five helmets right now. Majority of them I will show you. That's, that's my uh, favourite brand. This one is an XR1100 actually. It's a black matte black helmet, black tinted visor. It's really um, light. I like the shape of it. It's it's a neat, crisp design. It's just got the branding on the side with um, two bold white stripes all across. This used to be my favorite one on rides and all that as well. I'm holding on to these things, I think, because it's it's too big a part of my life to let go so easily. And I don't think I'm fully prepared to let go of it just yet. My name is Kazan Irani. I've lived in the UK now just a bit over seven years. I'm originally from India, moved here to do my masters in automotive engineering, and now I've come to Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm as a restaurant and we were the first mono atheist religion of the world to believe that there was one God instead of multiple gods. It goes back about 3,500 years ago. So it's an old religion and we believe in good thoughts, good words, good deeds. That's the philosophy of the religion. I grew up in what was our place of worship, what we call a fire temple. So religion to me has been very much, you know, close to me. In India, where I grew up, that, that sense of identity, that sense of pride which I had in knowing that I'm a Zoroastrian and, you know, a Parsi will never cheat you, they're lovely people, they were kind-hearted people, that that person is, you know, of a certain moral character. That was suddenly taken away from me in the UK because they don't know who a Parsi is or what a Parsi is, what the morals are and all of that. It's almost like you're losing your identity and you think, you know, okay, it's for a better life, you know, that's why I came to the UK, to, you know, progress my career, all of that. But then at the end of it, you think all of that is about materialistic things. Is it really worth losing your identity? (laughs) The minute you come to Worcester, you realise that everyone's a bit sort of... They've got their own thing established, and you feel like an outsider. So, you know, everyone more or less knows everyone, uh, which in some sense is good, if you're part of that. But otherwise, you feel like you don't, you don't belong, because they've got their own thing going. And the same was with work as well. A lot of people there have worked there their entire lives, and even outside of work, they know each other, you know, they know each other from where they live. They're not used to someone from the outside. So in my experience, they they do not distinguish between someone who is, you know, from a different country, uh, in the sense of, oh, all browns are the same. And even in, I know it's in jest that they would say, even to me, if I grew a beard, they'd say, oh, you look like a paki. Okay, I'm brown, technically. But they, don't, they fail to realise that there are people out there who would grow beards, who would not be Muslim. Riding a bike is in our blood. It is the absolute most integral part of our lives, I would say. Every Zoroastrian will, you know, have passion for a bike or a car, it's just how it is. And that was the same for me as well. You know, I started riding when I was maybe 8 or 10 years old on a little um, maybe 25, 50cc moped. Ever since then, it was my dream to ride a superbike, you know, on roads which are good enough (laughs) for the superbike. So that's been my dream ever since I was a kid. And I have worked hard through my entire childhood so that I could get to where I am. When I uh, graduated uh, from my master's in uh, University of Hertfordshire, when I moved up to Yorkshire, I got myself a bike. I think, personally, that was the biggest moment in my life because I had worked up to that moment for almost about 15 years and to finally have achieved that, it was something phenomenal for me, at least, personally. It was like a milestone moment in my life. I got it uh, mid-January, rode it all the way from Cornwall through London up to Leeds on the first day, 500 miles, (laughs) freezing mist on the way up here, and it was absolutely the most enjoyable feeling I could have, you know, asked for. You know, that was a sign, like, I'm in the right place, and by the time I'd already uh, got myself a house in Leeds, so, you know, I said, oh, this is good. You know, I've got myself a house, I have a job, and my lifelong dream to own a superbike has come true as well. In um, July, just a normal day riding back towards home, this van had turned left and I was just behind, so I had slowed down and there was nothing else behind me. And there was a car at this junction which wanted to come out and he obviously did not see me behind the van. And he looked left, it was clear. So he started pulling out. So I moved a bit right, you know, within my own lane, I moved a bit right. And next thing I know, I see him still coming forward. So he was looking left and turning right. And that's when I said to myself, I'm not gonna make it out. My left leg got caught between my engine Uh, and his front bumper broke it straight away in two pieces, threw me off my bike, and I landed in the other lane um, on my back. Um, You know, the bike, that was the end of that. Four weeks in the hospital, and I was out of work for about four months, Um, just bed rest, I could not do anything. I gradually started going back to work a couple of days. So first one day, then two days a week, three days a week. At the end of it, it was until four days a week. It came to a point where I got made redundant. In my opinion, I thought it was because I could not work full time and because I was not able to deliver what I should have been delivering or what they hired me for. So I knew that, you know, the accident cost me my job as well and for several months after the redundancy I was looking for jobs and what makes it harder is that I had to get a visa to be able to work and that just made it exceptionally hard because there's not that many companies who can hire me without the visa. Eventually however I found a job, turned out that that was this job and that's how I moved to Worcester. Every step that I took, you know, the impact of the foot to the ground, I was in pain and it was getting worse. But my visa limitations sort of require me to work full-time and I could not work part-time, otherwise I would not be eligible to stay in the country. So I had to force myself, I have to force myself even now to go into work full-time, even if it is detrimental to my health. For me to do anything about my health that means I have to quit my job and if I quit my job I don't I lose the legal right to stay in this country and it's a question of how important is it for me to keep my career and you know not lose that for you know all these years which I've worked hard to get here as opposed to whether I focus on my health Now I um, drive a car, it's a 3-series BMW, so it's not even close to what a bike can achieve, especially an automatic, but you know, it gets me from A to B. I was hit by a BMW X5, a massive uh, SUV thing, and the first time when I got what I would think was a panic attack and the first flashbacks on all of that was when i saw bmw x5 so i knew that that bmw you know the brand the x5 model is a trigger point for me and the reason why i got a bmw is because i knew i had to face my fear sooner or later you know so i thought if i see it every day it'll help me sort of get over the anxiety part of it when i see that brand it's it's been a beautiful card you know it's Wonderful drive, but it's not the same as a motorbike. <laughs> well I was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, anxiety, the whole you know package. through my counseling and all of that I was told okay you know find different hobbies. So my latest um, toy, so to speak is uh, I found uh, flying a drone. practicing flying it photography through it you know it's a different perspective it's a different view of um, just how you look at the world and you know I've taken some beautiful photographs on a beautiful day like this uh, from Worcester as well just by the riverbanks I've flown it there you see um, you see the whole city the whole place in a completely different perspective I think that is what I was looking for so in some sense you know I found May may not give me the same result, but I found something a hobby that I may like.
1: Kuzan's story was produced by Rob Eagle. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's "A Mile in My Shoes" exhibition. The moment we... The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.